Okay, good morning. Glad to be back from Uman. Uman was an amazing trip. This class is, is Lulufu Shalema, or Shalmi Amin of Dedim Matara, and Tovaleva Srifka, success in your Shalmi with Shabbat Raka, the Abolish of Emin with Shafa Reno, Shafa Reno, Shafa, but Elisheva, and Reno Makam Tovabasha, and Emmet Ben Lisheva. This class is also in the success and also Lunishma Yerkmodi and Magadaya. So, this uh, one a little to tell everybody a little bit about my trip. My trip is really, really. It was just every time I go there, it's just it's, it's a new experience every single time. And I'm gonna. So I decided, you know, one of the things I have not read a lot on was was Rabbi Nachman's stories. I don't read Rabbi Nachman's stories a lot. Um, it's just I have to work on my ADD, you know. So he has a book, Rabbi Nachman's stories. They've been out there for twenty years, and I've never really. I said this year I want, I want to really get into the stories. I want to really get into storytelling, you know. So Rabbi Nachman would say constantly that, you know, in this generation, direct speech is very hard for people. Sometimes you have to give them stories to wake them up, and it's it's very true, by the way, because there's people are people are asleep. And Rabbi Nachman says normally people you talk you know you tell your kid a story to put him to bed. Rabbi Nachman says no. We I get, we we tell stories to wake them up, and, and, and I do this very often in my recovery centers. You could you can give people parables through stories without them getting a direct message, and because we are people are extremely sensitive today. So I decided I'm going to read the stories in the plane. I have a 12 12 hour ride. Besides the fact that we barely made the flight, and that's, I'm going to spare you the the, be, the details of of the Uman, uh, the last second. Uh, I was supposed to be in the airport for seven eight hours between Turkey. Ended up being there for two seconds. It barely made each flight. Each flight was literally running to the thing like a like a hooligan. So I'm I'm going to spare you the, the, all that because obviously the, that's nothing. We, we we sort of expect this already. So one of the stories that that happened to that that I that I read was about the treasure of Vilna. How a person sometimes, the person sometimes, basically the basis of the story is that people have to go. A certain man had a dream, and he had a dream that there was a specific treasure underneath a bridge in Vilna. And the whole practicality of the story is he he goes and he goes under he go, gets to Vilna. And while he's in Vilna, he meets a police officer, and in the police in the police officer tells him, "I saw, I had a dream that there's a treasure built, that there's a treasure in some guy's house, where he lives." So the bottom line, he goes back to his own house. He recognizes the treasures in his own house. So the parallel to the story, I'm, I'm giving you the story. The fact that I got into story, in the story mindset, something, something God gave me to, to get into the stories a little bit. The whole parable of the story is basically you have to sometimes search outside to recognize what you have. One of the in context you could you could say sometimes we have to we have to go to the tzaddik we have to go to Rabbi Nachman we have to we need a teacher to show us what we really have that's the greatness really these rabbis the tzaddikim what they do is they're not giving you something outside all they're doing is reawakening something that you already have inside of you that's that's the basis of of, of going to Rabbi Nachman and the basis is not to go and and pray to a grave no it's to awaken a higher consciousness of recognizing. That you have already love inside of you. You have all these gifts are inside of you. They just show it to you. Same thing with any, with any sectors. So the, the, the we get to Oman. Oman becomes it's an, it was just an amazing packed experience. Very few Americans, a lot of Israelis, obviously because Israelis the world they know it was BS. America we get tainted with the with the politics, but there was there's no there's no war there. Um, so one of the nights, the first night, the second night I eat with Rabbi Rush. The first night. 
I, with, with the Syrian crowd, we have a Syrian synagogue in, in Oman itself, believe it or not, there is a Syrian synagogue in Oman. And the first night, what happens is, is we were, you know, Syrians are, Syrians are not like, you know, not like Hasidim, you know, where is this, what time are we starting? Syrians are usually very OCD, you know, everything's got to be perfect. You know, they're not, they're not like, uh, we, we forgot about this, We've, they're very prepared, they're, you know. They're, so all of a sudden we get to the first night. And there's no simanim. You know, it was like an elephant in the room. You know, we're waiting, we're washing our hands. And maybe, you know, we're looking. Simanim means the omens. The omens that we eat on Rosh Hashanah. We gave a class about that. We gave a class about how, you know, eating the apple and eating this, etc. So bottom line is, there's, there's no simanim. And then all of a sudden, there, one person says, I gave it to you, you gave it to me, etc. You know, they're playing hot potato with the simanims. And nobody knows, nobody knows where they are. Nobody knows where they are. So basically, there's a 45-minute delay until we finally have to go to one of the neighbors to get him, etc. But during that 45 minutes, you know, I, may, I always say, you know what, let's, let's work with what we have. You know, in, in life, this is not the first time I've gotten a situation that let's work with what we have. Okay, we have beans. Let's try to extract the bean. We have uh, there's spinach in this dish. There's a pomegranate salad. So I'm trying to make lem- uh, you know, uh, lemonade out of lemons. And I'm trying to be as positive as possible. Obviously, they're freaking out. Where is this in my name? One's blaming this. I gave it to you. And the whole world. And I'm saying, this is, a, this is a message. And all of a sudden, this line from Carl Jung comes to me. And the line says, one who looks outside dreams, but one who looks inside awakens. And I, during that time with this whole racket is, you know, there's 20 people, 15. So I started saying, there's a tra- this story about the that I just read on the plane about the, the, the Vilna. The, the, the guy has to go outside to find out what he really has. So the bottom line is, after 45 minutes, nobody finds it, we get Simani. The next day, I eat with Rabbi Rush. They tell me, oh, by the way, the Simanim, the, 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 the simanim were in the, was in the refrigerator. It was in the refrigerator the whole time. God forbid, you understand? God forbid we should look in the refrigerator, but, but it happened to be in a bag. But that's, that's, it gave me, it was such a deep message that God showed me, you know, what do you need to look? You need to look inside. You need to look inside of yourself. And this is the biggest joke is, and sometimes, you know, you see people, God forbid, they go through a divorce, and then they recognize the appreciation that they didn't have in their own house. Sometimes we look outside, you go to another job. How many times people leave, and they go to another job, and they recognize, why? Wow, I really did have a good job. So there's a couple of messages to that story. That sometimes looking outside will recognize what you have inside. Of, of, of a, we, sometimes the lack of appreciation was, is, is the message itself. And the second thing is, it's, we have to stop looking outside. We have to really look inside, because all of this is inside. And that's why one who looks outside dreams, Carl Jung says. But one who looks inside awakens. This is the whole thing is an awakening here. This is about awakening. Awakening, awakening the trust inside of you. Awakening the love, the finding the good points in people. But this is all of, of this, this whole message. And the second night, obviously, I was with Rabbi Rush, and, and it was just wonderful spending tons of time with him um, and just watching him as an example. And obviously, you know, what do you expect? The middle of the, the start, the Kiddush, no lights, no lights. And, you know, if this would have happened in Miami, New York, this one's blaming FPL, that one's blaming this, this is blaming him. But again, the same thing, you know, calm confidence. It was just calm confidence. Remember, there's you know 35 Israelis there, Moroccans. This is it could have been a very heated situation, 
Toda Hashem, you know, and he said, I didn't thank Hashem yesterday for the electricity. So when you thank Hashem for the electricity, you see the difference when you have electricity. But the bottom line is after that meal with Rabbi Rush, it just went, it was, it was, it was the whole point is, you have to be able to handle these things in life. You have to be able to, to but when, you, when something's taken away from you, you really, really appreciate it. And this is extremely important. And that's why I understood that, that it was so important you know, to learn that meal. There's, we, we know we're constantly getting these hints all over. And this is why until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and it will, you will call it fate. That's another Carl Young line. The whole point is, if I was not conscious of that experience, to recognize why, I, you, you gave me the story to read. First time I'm reading Rabbi Nachman's stories, you know. And then, and then, then, the, then the stories awaken for you. The whole point is, if I, was, if I was unconscious and just on my phone, God forbid, or or talking to this one, you, you don't, you miss the lesson. It's right in front of you. The lesson is right in front of you. It's right in your table. The lesson you got to fix. All of these lessons are right in front of us, but we're not conscious. We're unconscious the whole time. All of these things are right in front of your face. They're right in front of your face. That's the scariest part about this. They're right in front of your face. The solution is the problem. It's right in front of your face. And that, that was the importance that how many of these lessons we're not getting it because we're not making the unconscious conscious. We, we, you know, we blame others. We, who, who cares who it's about? God did not want you to have Simanim on Rosh Hashanah night. You know, imagine you're at the Super Bowl and there's, nobody can find the football. Imagine you're at the football. You're at the Super Bowl. Nobody knows, where the, nobody knows where the football is. You're at the World Cup. Nobody can find the soccer ball. I mean, that, that's to the extent, because that's Rosh Hashanah. That was Rosh Hashanah. is all about Simanim. But there's a reason why that sometimes we miss the, we miss the, we can prepare for everything, but we miss exactly that. And that's, that was, that's really the message that you need to awaken inside. Become the one instead of looking for the one. Become the greatest. Become who you want to be. Become the best husband you could be. Forget about how your wife treats you. Become, you have to do what you need to do. You need to do the inside work and you need to completely, completely surrender the outside world. Today, it's completely the opposite. We're in the opposite. It's dreaming, but without awakening. There's nothing wrong with dreaming, but you, when you feel it already inside of you, when you awaken inside of you, it's already there. The love is already there. And that's what when, you, when I was with Rabbi Rush, you know, when you meet a guy in a high consciousness, and by the way, we had, we had, he's coming to Miami, he's gonna come, God willing, to New York, There's gonna be, we're gonna do events together this year, he's, his health is getting better. Um, you know, I, I explained to him the importance of, of coming out with a garden of peace for the whole world. You know, without the need that part, so I think that's going to be a project. Um, but all, all of these things, it, it's just it's so clear. The message, it's the, the, the it's it's this, the clarity of Breslov. It, it's just there's nothing like it. There's nothing like, when I, when you have clarity that that is the most priceless thing you can have. But when we are waiting on conditions instead of waiting on states, and and this is a message that we've had, but we wouldn't have gotten a message. Imagine you complain about the simanim. Who put it? Who did it? Who did it? Where did you buy it? You gave it to me. You, missed, you would miss the whole message. You would miss the whole message. Sometimes in the problem we're in, we miss the whole message of the problem. And then what happens? That, that becomes an opportunity for you to grow from it. But what's happening? Because you, you, you didn't listen to the, to the details, you didn't listen to the clues, now you have to go through another one. Now you have to go through another problem. 
and you have to go through another problem, and then you have to go through another problem. That means inside there's an awakening experience of every single situation. Because remember, God wants us to become as perfect as possible, and He's showing us constantly what the, the blind sides are. And it was, it, it was just a liberating experience just to see that it's all inside of you. And that's why he decided I'm going, to take, I'm going to take accountability more, less blaming, more accountability, more responsibility. Um, and that gave me, and when you do that, it allows you to have a lot more clarity. And I think clarity is the key to everything. Because when we have that clarity, clarity is priceless. Clarity is priceless. If you ask me today, what's the greatest asset is clarity. What's the difference if you're making money, you're not making money. If you don't have clarity, you have nothing. You have nothing. And that gave me something where, you know, and I also Rabbi, I spoke to Rabbi Rush's wife, and Rabbi Rush's wife also, she, she, you know, we spoke, we were, very, we were very close. And she says, listen, Rabbi Rush doesn't ask me for nothing. He doesn't ask me for nothing. He asks God. He asks Hashem. He asks God. And then God tell, puts a hint in her what to do. How many, again, how many times do we want, we want people to change? We're always telling them, we're demanding them. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that for me. Did you have, ever ask God to do it for you? And then I asked them, Rabbi, why is it such a, why is it such a difficult situation in relationships? And why, why do we need so much? To, why, do you, why are you constantly emphasizing the time in his bodhidut? Why are you constantly emphasizing a certain amount of time? Okay, let me, let me have a strong five minutes. Let me have a strong ten minutes. What's with the time element? He says that the bottom line is without going through that time element, of without really working on something so much, you really cannot nullify yourself to that. So it's equi- now, the equivalent would be is the seed. The seed has to go into the ground in order to become a new tree. But without the element of going really, really surrendering and really calling bittel, you really cannot, it will never become a different person. So when, I, when, when, when we say you have to dedicate X amount of time to this, and, and, and there's a big difference today. If I could tell you your, your shape, if you do 20 minutes of a workout or a 40-minute workout, it's a completely different story. I mean, there's certain parts, you know, it's the same thing when you get a 20-minute massage and an hour massage. It's a completely different story. A 20-minute massage is just ba- barely, you know, relaxing the body, touching the surface. But when you want to get into really, really deep, you really need an hour massage. You know, we, we should do the same his bodhidut. You should put the same amount of time that we do in his bodhidut as how long your massages are. So when you take a massage, do you t- are you a 20-minute massager? I, I highly doubt it. You're 90 minutes, 60 minutes, right? Nobody goes in and goes to a spa and says, you know what, give me a 20-minute massage. That, that's enough for me. Nobody, there's no, there's no 20 massages on the table. Because in 20 minutes, you're not getting to anything. You're not getting techniques. And that's why I had to ask him the emphasis on the time element. Why so much time? It's because you really can't surrender to something unless you really, really dedicate the repetition and enough time to that. So that, that was a, a very, very clear. I was able to, speak, you know, to ask him extremely, extremely um, you know, specific questions. And that was very... But again, the lights were out. And again, nothing made a difference. There was no difference between lights, on lights whether the, the, the chicken soup spilled or didn't, whether there was nobody to blame. There was nobody to blame. It was just a complete, total, radical acceptance of the moment. And we enjoyed it, and there was no, absolutely no lights. Nobody could see whether we're eating, drinking. Who cares? What's the difference at the end of the day? You're having an experience. But how many times did the table itself, 
you know, becomes a place of our households. Who's blame? Who are we going to blame? Who's this? That guy's fault. That it's just. It was just. A, it was such a refreshing that I could be in Ukraine. In let me let me give you the equivalent. After Ukraine, we went to a, another a hotel in five star. You know, Moldova. They said it was five stars, etc. Let me let me explain to you what five stars in Moldova is equivalent to. That's like giving a that's like giving a Michelin star to like a schnitzel stand. Do you understand? <laughs> that's the equivalent of, of of what they think five stars is a schnitzel stand giving a Michelin star. So it's, it was far from any kind of comfort or anything like that, but it didn't need to be. It, it didn't. There was no comfort. There was. It's all about that you're in a place and you're and you're there. And you're present, and 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 this is what, you know. We go travel. We want to see different places. It's not so much about the luxurious. It's about it's about the, the experience of the place. So that's another thing I want you to focus on. Stop focusing on the on the exterior. Focus on the interior of the situation. That's lesson one in Rav Nachman's teachings. Focus on the intimate. Focus on the panemius, on the inner aspect of that. What did I need to learn in this relationship? What did I need to learn in this business deal? You can't get the awareness if you're busy focusing on the outside. And, and, and it was such a clear message. And at the end of the day, if you think about it, if you go to therapy for months, all you're doing is getting to the point of, you know, that was your, you, have, you have a subconscious problem. You have a shadow that never came into the light. And this is, again, another Carl Young line that says that if you can't, you will never get to consciousness without the pain. So the pain, whether it's missing the, the elements at the table, the pain could be, just take this example and start l- l- figuring on how to awaken inside instead of dreaming, I need to dream, I have this, 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 this. You're, you're already rich, you're already healthy, you're already full of love, but it's not awakened. It's not an awa- it hasn't been awakened yet. And that's why we need that said, they came. This is why we need because they, they show us what we have already inside of us. But you see, they never tell us to go outside. They always tell us to go inside. They don't tell you to go fix outside. That means your relation, the key to your relationship, is in your own heart. The key to everything is in your own heart. So that's the same thing. This year, start using more power. Using the power of what you have, versus trying to force things to happen. Okay. Use power versus force. Use the power of what you already have. You have a table, make the best of it. You have a situation, use the best of it. And once you do that, then big awakenings come. You really want an awakening. Because dreams without action are not going to work. But once you're already awakened, it's a different story. And it's funny how we, have to, we need actual stories to awaken us. Not actual, actual, usually stories put us to sleep. Rav Nachman's stories are waking you up. And that's the whole thing about the, 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 and it's funny, during that 40 minutes, all we're doing, I'm talking about the alchemist, I'm talking about the pressure. I'm already saying, without knowing what's going to happen the next day, because I felt, work with what you have. In a marriage, work with what you have. Appreciate what you have, appreciate what you already have. There's stuff, there's stuff in front of you to be appreciated, and it's not being appreciated. In front of you, there's stuff already to be appreciative. And, and that's why his bodhidut has to be appreciative. First we think. First we think because we already want to awaken the gratitude that we have. And then we request. You see the difference? 
Even when we start, we have to create the praise because the praise is telling you, I'm already abundant. So when I'm already abundant, when I pray within an abundant state, I'm going to be able to be in a better state. But, but I don't come, if I don't come with any abundance, I come with only lack. And then I come to my creator, this I'm lacking. He goes, what's the difference if you're lacking? Whatever I'm going to give you, you're going to lack even more. You're not, you don't see the blessing in your life. You don't see. You don't see it. You don't see the awakening. You think it's always outside of you. The Looney Tune generation that we're in today. And that's why you need simplicity, Rabbi Nachman says. Oh, there's nothing as great as simplicity. You know how many times you people would go to a doctor and Rabbi Nachman says, don't go to a doctor. No, I'm, not, I'm not advising anybody. He says, healing is inside of you. Placebo effect. You have the healing inside of you. Look at, look at Joe Dispenza's concept. Healing, it's inside of you. Everything's inside of us. Love is inside of us. Abundance is inside of us. Everything's inside of us already. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to go any, nowhere. But we have to get to, we have to get to the core of it. And we have to spend our time getting to that awakening experience. That, you will not get an awakening without working on it. So if you want to awaken something, you have to awaken. Like you dig deep. You know, the diamonds, you have to go diamonds, you need a lot of pressure and you need to dig deep. But that's, thing, that's why, just try to observe the situations you're in and see if this is an example in your life, why these, there's a constant repetition of issues in our lives. Are we looking underneath? Are we seeing it? Are we seeing, are we seeing the, are we awakening or are we dreaming that's going to get better? And I promise you, once you become the one, everything else changes inside of you. That means the hardest work is to give birth to that. To that, We'll give a whole class on that. So again, Shem should help us all that we should awaken instead of dream. Amen.